folks. Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to discuss the first game of the regular preseason. Almost got ahead of myself there. It's feeling like it's right around the corner because it is. Uh, I'm recording this currently very early, uh, 12, 17 a.m., Tuesday, October 4th. Night before, uh, this night, still up, of course, the Denver Nuggets played their first preseason game, and it was a lot of fun. It was a good place to be. Uh, I was getting ribbed the entire time by by Matt Moore. He was basically elbowing me every time Ish Smith and Jeff Green did something good. Uh, hashtag veteran savvy. Those guys are part of Denver's bench unit that we will discuss more in the third segment. But first two segments, I want to devote more to the starters. Obviously, they didn't play a ton tonight, but this was a big night. For a lot of reasons, this was a big night. The Denver Nuggets knew that they needed to do this right. Because Murray and MPJ are going to make their returns. Jamal Murray, it's been 539 days. He tweeted that earlier this morning, October 3rd. For MPJ, it's been a little bit less. It's been probably about, I don't know, 320 days, somewhere closer to that. But it's still been a long time. Those guys, uh, MPJ nearly out for a full year. Murray nearly out for 18 months. It's been a long time coming. For them to get back on the court, the Nuggets have built up so much hype. They've built up so much excitement for those two players getting back into the building. And it did not disappoint. The hype video to start things off, very, very good. Nuggets Nuggets, uh, Digital, I'm pretty sure, does that. They did a very nice job, or maybe it's in-game, in-arena entertainment, stuff, something like that. But they put together a strong video, good stuff from Media Day this year. Hopefully, they can get a little bit more clips of Murray and MPJ playing uh, in some of these preseason games before they put up the one for the regular season. Before a preseason game, Denver's has they have two games in the preseason that they're doing these hype videos for. They did a pretty nice job. And then when the starting lineup intros happened, oh man, it's just a lot of fun to be up there. I posted a video on my Twitter account. Make sure you go check that out because it gave a lot of chills. You had these very, very hyped intros. Jokic gets his ovation. KCP gets introduced. Then Michael Porter gets introduced and he gets a big ovation, even bigger than Nikola Jokic. Aaron Gordon gets introduced fourth. Uh, a solid applause, nothing special there. Then Jamal Murray comes out and the crowd just gets so hyped. Everybody's very, very excited to see what the Blue Arrow's about to do. Murray got a round of hugs from basically everybody on the team. It's clear that this meant a lot. It's clear that this was an extremely emotional time for him. And he reiterated that in the post game. Uh, very clearly, this was, like he said, He felt like a rookie again, was one of the quotes that he gave. But after all the fanfare was kind of done, those guys, they get to center court, Nuggets tip the ball off. 
And it took a little bit for Murray to get going specifically, but MPJ, oh man, that dude, he's just a walking bucket. He knows exactly where to put the ball. And no matter whether he's contested, whether he's open, whether he's stepping back because he wasn't in position to actually catch the ball in the first place, it doesn't matter. Michael Porter went 12 points in 14 minutes on 5 of 7 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3. Had a rebound, had an assist, had a turnover. Only a minus two in this game, but plus minus, who cares? Like, it's a, it's a preseason game. But he looked every bit the player that he was back in 2021. Maybe minus the aggressiveness on the boards. He was probably just more trying to find his footing a little bit. But it looked very good. He's getting to his spots and getting to other people's spots was pretty funny. The Nuggets ran some plays for him, and and there are definitely some moments where he will receive the ball, and maybe the Nuggets think and the players on the court think that, okay, something's going to happen, and then the ball kind of stops with him. He finds his opportunity to shoot, and they're okay with it, especially now, and especially as he continues to make those shots, if they're good shots then great. But it is very clear that MPJ, if given his opportunities, is going to be an unbelievable scorer once again. Hasn't really missed a beat in terms of getting those off-balance shots off, had a sidestep mid-post fadeaway from the right baseline. The shot that I mentioned earlier Jokic uh, and Murray, they go through the pick and roll. Murray gives a pocket pass to Yoke. Yoke gives a kind of a one-time pass to MPJ. MPJ is floating near the corner, kind of not necessarily in the corner. And so when MPJ passes him the ball, Porter pounds the ball into the ground once so that he could get back behind the the three-point line and then puts up the shot and makes it. It's just one of those shots that only he can make. There are very few players that would try that and then make it consistently. It's awesome. It really, really is. But that wasn't all because he put up some very, like he put up a three-pointer in transition as well. And it's one of those where, okay, it was a two-for-one shot. It was actually a good shot based off of the situation. You've got an open shot. You might as well take it and get the two-for-one. But he made it. And him making a 27-footer in transition, it just goes to show, like, this dude can shoot from wherever the hell he wants to. And he gave a quote after. I want to read it out loud um, just so that everybody can hear it. He said, quote, and this was a question that I asked him. I remember my rookie year. They would be so upset with some shots I would take. Eventually, they learned at the end of the day, that that's my game. That's how I've always played. He went on to say some other facts and something akin to, look, you sometimes have to play within the flow, but when somebody's hot, you got to give them the ball sometimes. And I understand that for sure. But it is pretty clear that he is going to be a player for probably the rest of his career that sort of operates outside the bounds of what the Nuggets system is. And that's okay. 
it's also why it might make sense for him to play in some bench lineups and why Denver may eventually get to some of those. But when he's out there, the Nuggets need to give him some opportunities to get some shots up. And it looked good tonight. He led the starters. Actually, no, he was second behind KCP, um, but had seven shots, made five of them, two of four from three. He looked good. He looked very, very good, like he never left. And like the 21-22 season never happened, which is great. Now, Murray probably should have started with Murray, to be honest, but Murray started very slow in this game. You could tell that the the anticipation of this was just so high for him, and the energy was just so high. He was buzzing. He was bouncing during this into like his entire first stint. Missed a couple shots, rushed a couple shots, went to the line for a free throw, bricked it, and he told he said afterwards that he was just laughing too hard based off of the situation, and that he was just feeling the the pressure out there a little bit and. Um, he was just laughing and knew that he wasn't going to be able to make it after that. But uh, it was just very interesting. He sat down after the first quarter, after his first quarter stint. And then when he got back up, he looked like a, the old Murray, where he made four or five shots in the second quarter, two of three threes. One of the threes that he hit was the first shot that he made when coming back. He ran to the left corner. Hit a transition three with Ish Smith as the guy who dished it off to him. Fascinating enough. And that just kind of calmed him down. It put him into a rhythm where the rest of his game kind of fell into place. He ended up in just that first half with 15 minutes, 10 points, four of seven from the field, two of three from three, two rebounds, two assists, two turnovers. He led the team in plus minus tonight, which he would not have expected. Given the this dude was not played in 539 days. Obviously, it meant a lot to him, but this is the guy who said, I don't care if I go 0 for 10. He's just going to be happy to be out there. As it turns out, he's still pretty good. And I think everybody kind of got a taste for that when he returned. A couple of the shots that he made, he had a he had that transition three from the corner. He had a I'm trying to think of the other two-pointer that he had, but he had two uh, two-pointers. One of them was right at the end of the half, beating the shot clock or beating the halftime buzzer. It was a nice fall away off the glass. And then one of the other three that he had was a sidestep three over Josh Giddy from the top of the key. And that looked like bubble Jamal. That looked like the player that everybody was hoping to see. The absolute sniper from the perimeter. And it's going to take a while for Murray and for MPJ even, even though MPJ kind of looked just like, hey, this is just what he does. It's going to take a while for those guys to get fully back. I fully understand that. But Nuggets fans can definitely take solace in the fact that those guys looked really, really good. They're probably Denver's two best players tonight, which is crazy. I mean, Zeke Nagy is a claim and Ish Smith, surprisingly enough, has a claim, but tonight it really was about Murray and Porter. It was about those two guys being able to get back out there, kick off the rust a little bit, not necessarily worrying about the chemistry or uh, how the offense is flowing, the defense looks, whatever. It's just about those guys getting out there and playing again. 
And sometimes you just got to have a little perspective with that. I'm glad that we were able to see it though, because it was really nice to see what those guys can do once again. We'll talk about Jokic in the second segment, but you add those two players, what they did tonight, they combined for 22 points in the first half. Say they average about 44 points per game. One of them gets, or let's say, yeah, let's say they average 44 points per game. If it's just those two guys, you add 44 points per game to what Jokic is probably going to do, which is probably around 25, 26, 27 again. It's just really, really easy to think about how those guys are going to impact each other, make the game easier for each other. Jokic specifically, where he can take a playoff here or there. He doesn't have to control everything on the offense. And I know that that's what people want. I know that they want the equal opportunity offense that's kind of facilitated by Jokic. I understand that that's the best way forward in all likelihood for Denver to win games. But in order to get Murray and Porter to the place where they need to be to help win a championship, you got to give those guys some extra looks. Even if it's in isolation, even if it's not great. Oh, the the other two-pointer was a Murray post-up. That's what it was. Murray posted up Trey Mann, uh, littled him a little bit, and that's just kind of what he does. MPJ hits isolations over dudes. Doesn't matter where, like how big they are, he'll just rise over the top of you no matter what. And having that flexibility with those two, the talent that those two bring to the table, it just goes to show how much Denver was relying on Jokic last year. Because who could they have gone to last season that could do what Murray and MPJ just did tonight? It's not a lot. Really excited to see what they have to go through uh, going forward. I can't imagine that they play in all five of the preseason games. My guess is that they will play in Chicago. After that, I can't really uh, make any particular guesses, but either way, really fun to watch those guys. Going to be really interesting to see how they uh, respond in their second game. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss more of the starting lineup chemistry and some of the defensive stuff. We'll be right back. But first, folks, this podcast, as you know, is brought to you by your friends over at Superbook Sports. Football is back. It's been in full swing for a long time here, and nobody is more excited than your friends at Superbook. They're bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands, and now they all match 100% of your money, of your first bet, excuse me, up to $1,000, no matter if the bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All right, back at it. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, this last podcast, kind of previewing the preseason. 
did really well. Glad to see the interest is uh, really taking hold. Everybody's really excited to hear about Murray and Porter. I'm sure this podcast will do pretty well too. So if you're here and you haven't rated, rated the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts, that would be fantastic if you did it. All right, let's talk about the starting lineup a little bit. This was a massively hyped group, of course, and as it should be. You have Murray Porter Jokic, as everybody knows, but Denver added Aaron Gordon via trade. They added KCP via trade. Those two guys, really strong role players that the Nuggets are looking to kind of bolster what's going on. And you saw the good and the bad with some of that tonight. Joker, uh, let's start with Joker first. Jokic only attempted one shot tonight. Uh, I honestly think that it was his goal to not shoot. He had to take an end of shot clock three, and that was the only reason. Like He did actually draw a foul, and so that was one of the other shots that he took. But when faced with taking an open shot, it was the only reason he took it was because it was late in the clock. And so it is what it is. I'm not really pressed, and no, nor should any Nuggets fans be. Jokic finished with two points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, three turnovers. He'll be fine. Like nobody, he, this this doesn't mean anything to him. He will turn it around. I have to imagine that he will be slightly more aggressive in each of the remaining games, kind of as the preseason ramps up a little bit. That'll be interesting to monitor, though. OKC, they do a really good job as a team of collapsing on the paint. So they always had hands in his face. And there's no real player that can just defend him on a consistent basis, but there's a reason why he had three turnovers. It's because they do a good job of showing hands and and making his airspace feel pretty clogged and tight. Now, KCP... It was good to see him in a Nuggets uniform. He had a nice steal, kind of a, a picked off pass that he was able to then use to set up a transition shot. I actually set up a transition dunk for Aaron Gordon. That was MPJ's assist on the night. But KCP did go 1 of 8 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. Not necessarily the glowing shooting debut that you would hope for from a guy that you want spacing the floor. It was actually uncanny. Uh, Brandon Vogt, who sat next to me, pointed this out. He's wearing that number five. He's got the headband on. He kind of looks like Will Barton out there, especially when you're just watching from a distance a little bit. It is uncanny. Uh, I think KCP will be getting the Will Barton treatment from fans at various points where he'll have a tough game from a shooting standpoint, and then people will kind of forget the middling, really good games that he has, where he only attempts three threes but makes two of them on a consistent basis. Tonight, he struggled to finish at the rim. That was really the big thing. Uh, Michael Malone said that they got 12 layups at the rim, or missed 12 layups at the rim. So, seems like a common theme that that probably won't continue, I assume, but it was interesting to see, interesting to monitor. Uh, half like can't make any sweeping judgments from preseason to be clear, but I do want to see uh, KCP finish some of those shots because I know he's going to make his threes like that. That I have zero questions about. 
Denver as a, t- uh, as a starting unit, they had seven assists to seven turnovers. And it's not the ratio that you would want, of course. It kind of underscores, I think, that there was definitely some uh, mix-ups. That's that's probably the best word for it. It was a little suspect in terms of the chemistry, where guys were kind of standing in spots that they probably shouldn't have. They're trying to find their spots in, within the offensive flow, the shots within the offensive flow. Because remember, the starting lineup is three new players. It's sure Murray and Porter have played with Denver, but Aaron Gordon's the only one that played last year, at least significantly outside of Jokic. KCP's completely new, so he's still trying to find his spots. He looked really good in the scrimmage that I watched, and tonight it looked like he was getting the right shots, getting a lot of 3 and D looks. They just didn't drop. With regard to some of Murray Porter Jokic's shots, those looked pretty obstructed at times, where not necessarily finding the right windows, not necessarily finding the right looks at the rim and at the three-point line. And sometimes you try to make a play and make a turnover, and that's fine. It It is what it is. I thought Aaron Gordon was pretty good tonight. Ten points, four rebounds, one assist, one steal. And he was good at least on the offensive end, that's for sure. Had that big dunk. I think it's something that I'm going to watch for him. When he relaxes a little bit and is kind of not necessarily hunting for the shot, but just like, okay, it came to me. I am very comfortable hitting the shot. That's when he makes his threes. He went one of one from three tonight on the left wing. And I'd love to see what it looks like as he continues to just kind of play within the flow. And if he can make 35% of his threes, Denver's going to be unstoppable. There's just no way anybody can be left open because a 35% three-point shot from Aaron Gordon is probably the worst shot that a team can force. And that's 1.05 in the half court in terms of points per possession. That's really good. Denver's going to be an excellent offense this year. Sometimes you had guys stepping on each other's toes tonight. Sometimes you had uh, some turnovers here or there. You had some miscommunications. That's going to get ironed out. It's the preseason. Everybody's still new. And it might even take into the regular season to really get ironed out. But once it does, I have zero doubt. The Nuggets will be fine. What I did like was the transition play too. Uh, The transition play. Denver had, I think, 12 shots. I think that's what the box score says. They they went 6 of 12 in transition uh, on fast break points. And that's going to change. Like you're Usually you're a better than 50% margin in fast break buckets because you're at an advantage. That's why you're fast breaking. You're trying to keep that advantage and maintain that. Denver can be better there. They just didn't shoot that well. That's fine. They'll get it. They'll make it work better. Defensively, both the starters and the second unit, you could tell that it's preseason. You could tell that the closeouts, they certainly weren't their top notch. Denver tonight, they gave up 50 points in the paint. 
as well as 13 three-pointers, so 39 points from three. 89 points out of 112 given up from three-point range and free-throw range. Uh, Let's see how many free-throws that they allowed as well. 17. So 89 plus 17 is 106. 106 out of 112 points that OKC got tonight was threes, points in the paint, and free throws. That's not good. That is not a good thing that Denver did. Now, they can improve there. They can absolutely improve. And they're going to have to improve. Because if Denver has any desires to be a top five defense, which I really think that's coach speak more than anything. I think they'd definitely be okay if they were just 10th and they were second or first offensively. But if they want to improve, they're going to have to give better effort. Obviously, it's preseason. I'm not going to not going to bemoan them for really just trying to iron out the kinks. But the paint defense was pretty poor, especially in the first half. The three-point defense from the bench was very poor. That was something that you could really see. Jeff Green not really getting out to his spots uh, to contest shots. I thought that Bones Highland looked pretty bad from a defensive standpoint. Davon Reed looked pretty bad from a defensive standpoint. And then you had some breakdowns with the deep reserves as well. So we'll get to all of that in the third segment. But overall, really strong debut or return from Murray and Porter. Fine from the starting lineup. Uh, Plus minuses, I think, tell the story pretty well. Plus four, minus two, plus three, plus four, zero. Denver was about net neutral in terms of their starting lineup, which means they can definitely play better because the offense wasn't great. Like They absolutely could have played a lot better than they did. But that should be exciting to Nuggets fans. That should absolutely be a thing that Nuggets fans are looking forward to. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the bench lineups and everything kind of to do with the bench. We'll be right back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right, let's wrap this thing up by talking about the bench. Uh, It's not Lindy Waters III. He was absolutely killing Denver tonight. Uh, Just looking looking at the box score here. Lindy Waters, eight points, three of four from the field, two of three from three. Absolute sniper out there. Uh, Really impressed with Josh Giddy. Really impressed with Trey Mann for... The OKC Thunder, really impressed with Jalen Williams, J-Dub, 10 points, 5 assists, plus 15 for Jalen Williams. He's going to be a star. I I really, I think I really believe that. And that's crazy to say because of uh, kind of where he was. But I, I think that OKC got a sleeper there, which good for them. That's That's their plan. That's how they did it. Let's focus on the bench here real quick. Uh, Denver, I think there was definitely the anticipation that this was going to be the lineup 
at least I anticipated that this was going to be the lineup. Bones Highland, Bruce Brown, Davon Reed, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan. That was going to be the group. And given that that was where Denver was at at the first day of training camp, given that DeAndre Jordan is the vet, not really surprised that this is how it happened. Not really surprised that this is what really came to pass. This is sort of how Michael Malone operates. He's going to give the veteran basically every chance that he can. And whether DeAndre Jordan deserves that or not, I don't know. But he was one of the reasons why Denver was able to get Bruce Brown. So I'm all right with it, at least for this stage. But the bench lineup itself was not good. It was probably the dark spot on the team, I would say. Bones Highland looked very bad. And whether, like, I think you could interpret that in a lot of different ways, but here are just the straight up numbers 14 minutes, two of seven from the field. Um, let me just check this. Yeah, okay. Two of seven from the field. Oh, of two from three, two of three from the line, two assists, two turnovers, minus 11. Denver really couldn't get anything going with Bones as their point guard. It actually was Ish Smith, who ended up kind of facilitating, making everything a little bit better. You look at Ish Smith's numbers, they're not like anything special. But with Bones, Denver was not really able to solidify the group. And there was really no semblance of chemistry out there. I just have a lot of problems with this lineup in general. Bones, Bruce Brown, Davon Reed, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan. There's not enough creation there. There's not enough defensive effort there. Like, Bruce Brown's going to give it. But I think he's really the only high-effort guy in that group. Like, Bones is going... Like, he has to dedicate a lot of his effort to the offense. Davon Reed kind of waxes and wanes, was not really impressed with his performance tonight. Jeff Green, not a high-effort defender. That's fine. It is what it is. And DeAndre Jordan... Very much a low energy big. There's some times where he'll make a well, he'll get a block shot, and he got one tonight. But I still have my major questions about that, obviously. And when you play deep drop, like DeAndre did, like he did, there were a lot of shots that were just hit right over the top of him. And then there were some times where OKC just got to the rim anyway, so. He's not really a scary rim protector in any stretch of the word. And I don't think that he should be playing over Zeke Nashi personally. And I don't think I'm alone in that for sure. But it was interesting to me that Malone benched Bones in this particular instance. I think two minutes into the second quarter, I have this in my rotation chart. Make sure to go check it out on the recap over at milehighsports.com that Bones was the guy that got pulled. Bruce Brown, Davon Reed, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, second quarter, they were all still out there. But Michael Malone went with Ish Smith instead. And Ish did some good things, and he deserves a lot of credit. He's a really, really good third point guard. And decent backup point guard. That's kind of what you're looking for with that. But Denver can't turn to that. That's not how they have to do 
the bench line. That cannot be the solution. Because if it is, Denver's just not going to score enough points. They do not have a high usage guy out there if Bones isn't out there. Every single player, Bruce Brown, Davon Reed, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, all of those guys are career under 20% usage, which means that somebody's got to make up the difference and get up uh, everything over to 100, which means that somebody's got to be over 20. Ish Smith is not going to be that guy, at least not consistently. So I have to imagine like Bones is going to be that guy out there. That's not going to be like this was definitely, I think, more of a statement from Malone rather than a dictation. But he was not happy with Bones' effort. He was not happy with how he responded to some bad moments. And I can't blame him. Like, Bones has to be the leader out there. He has to be in charge if he's going to talk as big of a game as he did after the scrimmage on last Friday. He's got to bring it in the game. He can't be dethroned by Aaron Wiggins of the OKC Thunder and Trey Mann and Lindy Waters the third. It's just not a good look. So I hope he figures it out. I hope they get into a good place where he can be set up, but I also think that the lineup isn't really doing him much favors. I would absolutely prefer if Zeke Naji was out there. I think that he's the better player than DeAndre Jordan specifically. I think it gives Bones a little bit more spacing. And though I think it's a little bit weird that they have Zeke rolling the entire time when he's out there. Like, I think that they should be working in some pick and pops, but I haven't heard that from Michael Malone at all during any of the recent media stuff. So until we see Zeke out there with the second unit, I'm not really sure what they're going to be looking for. Like, I don't, I wouldn't want to turn Zeke into a permanent rim roller. He was a 40 plus percent three-point shooter. Although he has tweaked his form a little bit. And let me tell you, not a fan. Not a fan of the the form that he's using as his uh as his three-point shot. It is what it is. Like he'll maybe he'll be just fine. And it just takes some getting used to, but don't be surprised if he doesn't shoot 40% this year. Like I'm not really sure why you mess with what was doing really, really well. And I know that the previous form that he had wasn't perfect, but it worked. And that's really what matters more than anything. So we're going to see. Like Zeke played well in his minutes with the third unit. He came in for DeAndre Jordan at about the five-minute mark in the third quarter and then played the rest of the game about 17 minutes, 15 points, 6 of 11, 6 rebounds, but only one defensive rebound and five offensive rebounds. So He's going to have to be a better defensive rebounder, going to have to be a better, more impactful defender. No steals, no blocks. Definitely something that I'd like to see from him going forward. Um, As for the rest of the bench, like the rest of the primary bench, Bones wasn't great. DeAndre Jordan was actually fine in his minutes. I, I wouldn't necessarily bemoan him for his individual performance. Kind of like Faku last year, it's just more in, con- in context with the team and what they need than anything else. Bruce Brown was fine, uh, hit both of his threes, but missed every single or all, both of his. I won't. I won't be dramatic here. Missed both of the two point shots that he attempted. 
he's going to have to be efficient on his twos. If he becomes overly reliant on the floater, which he showed off tonight, but missed, then I'd be a little bit concerned. God be able to finish through contact. God be able to draw fouls. He'll be able to do it. But three rebounds from him, zero assists. Hope that Bruce Brown can become somebody that can facilitate a little bit when he's in the middle of the floor. But being on the wing, it's a little bit more difficult than that. So be interesting to see. Jeff Green played, played pretty well. 11 points, three rebounds, three assists, two blocks. Four of seven from the field, made his twos, made one out of four threes. He was good. He was fine. Defensive impact was not really there, but he did have two blocks, so I don't want to bemoan it too much. But he's one of the culprits when when Michael Malone talks about not being able to contest on the perimeter. Jeff is one of those culprits where his contests are always pretty late. This is how it's always been. This is how he was last year. And that's something that Denver's just going to have to deal with because it looks like Jeff is going to be in the rotation pretty much every night. So they'll have to play that by ear. Um, Who else? Davon, not really impressed with Davon. Not a good offensive game from him, certainly, but not really a good defensive game either. Uh, very low impact, three points, four shots, one of three from three. He's going to have to find ways to be more aggressive. And it felt a lot like most of his offense was just seeing if he had an open shot when he caught the ball. And if not, he would pass it back up to the top of the key. And he's going to have to be more creative than that. If he wants to stick, if he wants to guarantee that he's going to get playoff rotation time, he's going to have to be better. So we'll wait and see on that. In the meantime, though, Christian Brown, he did a lot of good other than making shots. I, I thought that I, I really liked what I saw from Christian Brown. The box score doesn't really show it. Only two rebounds, 0 of 6 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3. It's pretty funny, actually, to look at. But he's going to be a guy that the defense was pretty good with him tonight, I would say. But he's going to have to take a long time before he gets the monkey off of his back with these shots. He looks uncomfortable every time he shoots. And that's sort of understandable for a rookie. It's understandable being in this situation. But he definitely strikes me as a player that with everything that happened at um, at Summer League, he's going to be a guy that you want him, you want to see him make some shots. You want to see him kind of break the ice pretty early here. Because if he knows that he can't make those shots, then he'll probably stop thinking about it as much. But right now, he seems like a guy that's thinking about it. Definitely hesitated a little bit. Davon Reed, same thing when he was out there. I actually like what Peyton Watson did. Uh, had two steals and two blocks in tonight's game. 15 minutes or so. And that's exactly what you're asking for in that case. Not necessarily the most efficient offensive game, just one of three from the field, but two rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks, just one turnover. Hard not to like seeing somebody fill up the box score like that, and he had a nice turnaround fadeaway from the, from kind of the outside of the restricted area, so there is something there. Like I'm willing to 
see it out is kind of how I'd, I'd think about it. He's going to have to play in the G League, of course, but I'm excited to see what he does in the G League. Maybe he continues to grow. Maybe he continues to figure some things out there. Overall, though, this was a good day. It may not feel like it because Denver lost to OKC in the preseason, a team that did not have Shea, uh, Dort, or Chet. Didn't have any of those guys, and it didn't really matter. They just came into Denver, do what they always do, and just kick Denver's ass. That's just how OKC is. I don't really understand it. I don't really get it. But they are just so comfortable playing against the Nuggets for some reason. It's awesome. It's kind of funny. But either way, today was about Jamal Murray. Today was about Michael Porter Jr. Today was about new beginnings and picking up where people left off. Left off. It feels like Denver's in a good spot. They're going to have to navigate some bench stuff. Maybe they'll do some staggering with Murray and Porter down the line because I don't think that Bones is going to be able to handle this all by himself. I think that's kind of the impression that I'm getting. But it's just one preseason game. There will be plenty of time to overreact. I'm already doing it. I understand. But it's my job. That'll do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. The Nuggets are having practice tomorrow. I'm not really sure why, but they're going to be practicing. So it's 1 o'clock right now. I am going to go edit this podcast and get to bed. But hopefully in the morning, get to really see... I don't know. We're going to go probably listen to Michael Malone bemoan the defensive effort and the turnovers and things like that. It's going to be awesome. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.